Friends and listeners, can you believe this is episode eight in our bi-weekly series of the Saving Christianity episodes? We're coming to you every other Tuesday from Christian Family Online, and I'm your host, John Shields. Today, in this episode, we're going to continue discussing how to have more peace, healing, and hope in our life and in the lives of our loved ones. And to do that, we're going to dig deeper into the principles of original Christianity as described in the book Saving Christianity. Now, this episode is titled The Spiritual Basics. That's right, The Spiritual Basics. Think of it as the ABCs of Christianity. And we're going to explain why so many Christians today don't understand how spiritual growth works. So I think this is going to be a very interesting episode for us. But before we start, let's pause here to introduce my sidekick of 30 years and the co-host of the podcast, Owen Allen. Well, hello, John, and hello to all of our friends. And I want everybody out in podcast land to know that um, I never get tired of talking about how incredibly satisfying what we're calling the early Christian lifestyle is. Brings an interesting thought to mind, doesn't it? It How is the Christian uh, lifestyle then different from? the Christian lifestyle today, and why would that be true? Anyway, I never tire of telling how living this original type of Christian life changed me years ago and my family and my friends over the years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we say so often, John and I and Shannon here in the studio, uh, our goal is to live a few minutes of heaven here on earth Mm -hmm. instead of waiting until, uh, as they say in Ireland, we're on the other side of the sod. But now, John, let, why don't we just pick up where we left off last time? That was back in uh, Episode 7. Uh, but before we start, we need to make an announcement and tell our friends that we're in the process of building a new website uh, for the podcast and uh, also a new website address. Mm. Now, of course, you've all been using uh, CFOPods.com for uh, weeks now, but our new address is going to be, or already is, GoSCPod.com. So that would be www.GoSC, which obviously stands for Saving Christianity, uh, GoSCPod.com. That takes you to our website, uh, and there you can scroll back and see and listen to the previous episodes. But more importantly, you can look at the pictures of all of us. John is especially handsome, and so is Shannon. And uh, we'll um, uh, also have not only the pictures, but most importantly, the transcripts, a verbatim transcript 
uh, of what we've been saying on these recordings. Mm. But anyway, John, it's time to turn now to the spiritual basics. Yeah, okay, let's do that. And I'm excited about that. And uh, just to remind everyone, in previous episodes, we were talking about how to have the deeper Christian walk. And to do that, how we said we needed to get back to the basics of original Christian spirituality. Well, that's right. And the key word is original, Mm -hmm. isn't it? (laughs) In fact, way back in episode six, we mentioned that we're now moving into part two of the book, Saving Christianity, the sort of uh, book of God book that we're following here in these podcast episodes. And that that part two was headed Mm. the early Christian basics. That's interesting, isn't it? What would the basics be of early Christianity? And those of you that remember episode 7, we had a roundtable discussion with the radio and TV host, Manuel Grady, and we were asking ourselves, is it even possible to have a deeper walk today, to go deeper into spirituality today as a Christian? And we decided in that episode that it is still possible to live like an original Christian, even though today's environment is so hostile and so confusing. And yeah, we we agreed that it is, and I want to emphasize the (laughs) is, it is still possible. And we agreed that today's Christians can and do live with the same peace, healing, hope, and miracles that the early Christians had. Well, that's absolutely right, John. So here now uh, in Episode 8, we're going to dig deeper in what does it take, what is required to live like an original Christian, that is, to live the way Christians live. Think about this, when Christianity was founded. And the best way to do that, the thing that's needed is what we keep saying we need as Christians to get back to the basics. Yeah, right. And and as we always say, if we do what they did, we'll have what they had. And that's just not a cliche. (laughs) And the purpose of the Saving Christianity episodes is to show our friends what the early Christians had and then to show them how they can have the same things. Exactly. That's what we want, to have what they had. And to make this clearer, uh, John, for our uh, friends out there in podcast land, let's ask ourselves a question. What was it? What was it that the early Christians had? And we think about that a moment, and here's the answer. They had peace, healing, and hope that were the envy of the world. Mm. They had love, kindness, and courage that stunned other people. And that's how they changed the world spiritually in only 70 years. Other people saw what they had and wanted it, and to get it, they became Christians too. And that's how Christianity spread around the world. It was a process of non-Christians observing the spiritual behavior of Christians. Yeah, but unfortunately, that's actually the problem, isn't it? (laughs) And doesn't that bring us right back to today's Christian crisis? 
because people aren't seeing, they are not seeing enough spiritual behavior in today's Christians, are they? No. Sadly, maybe tragically, they're not. You know, think about this, John. Many people today don't envy Christians, envy Christians. Mm. Think about it the way they did in the first century. Today, many people mock Christians. Mm -hmm. Think about that. For example, Hollywood, we all know, portrays Christians as unsophisticated. That's a polite word. Mm -hmm. As out of touch with reality, as comical figures, but they never portray Christians as people to be envied. Yeah, that hurts. It's actually painful, but we all know it's true. Well, and then so here's another question for our friends. Why is that happening? Why don't people envy Christians today? Well, I think we know the answer, Owen, but we've been saying it now for many episodes. It's because, at least in a simplest form, it's because Christians today, we aren't living the early Christian lifestyle. Well, tragically, again, that's right. You know, think of, put it, I could maybe paraphrase what you said, John. People don't envy Christians anymore because Christians today aren't living with the spiritual power that the early Christians had. May I say it? They're living like non-Christians. We know that's true yes. because of the national polls we've mentioned uh, several times in these episodes, which find that today the average Christian is no more spiritual than a non-Christian. Right. So, as a friend of mine says, John, to be deathbed honest, why would people envy Christians today? There's not much to envy. Wow, this is getting rough, Owen. Well, maybe. But listen, isn't it time for somebody somewhere to start telling the truth about today's Christianity? Think about it. Mm -hmm. Institutional attendance is dropping like a stone. We've talked about yes, that. Yes. Church buildings are being bulldozed. I told uh, one episode how my wife's home congregation is a parking lot today. Some some of them, are, according to the newspapers, are being turned into bars. And Christians are comical figures, as we said, in movies, TV shows, stage plays. Listen, nobody has stopped to ask a simple question. Or if they have, I haven't heard it. And that question is, why? And the second question is, what can we do about it? And that's where we come in. Amen. Uh, our goal is to show Christians, to show everyone, how to have the same kinds of spiritual experiences that the early Christians had, that same peace, miracles, and contentment that they had. Well, and I think, John, that everybody somewhere deep in the back of their mind wants that. I mean, who wouldn't want to live a miraculous life like we read about in early Christian literature? So what you're saying is true, and that brings us right back to the subject of this episode. As we said, we're entering part two of the book, and part two of the book is titled The Early Christian Basics. 
course, we've been digging a foundation since the first episode, but now we're starting to build a structure on that foundation. And it's time to to actually take a break in our discussion of the Roman Emperor Constantine and to take a, a break in our discussion of institutional Christianity. And it's time now to focus on the lifestyle of the early Christians who lived before Constantine was born. Yeah, and that's the operative phrase, John, before Constantine was born. Let's remember way back the title of episode number one was The Time Capsule. And our theme in that whole episode was that the most accurate evidence— The most accurate evidence available about the original Christians and how they lived is found in the letters, the symbols, the paintings, the artifacts, and the ruins that they left behind in a specific time zone or specific framework from the middle of the first century to the middle of the second century, about a brief 100-year snapshot in world history. Which means for us, if we're going to talk about getting back to the basics of Christian spirituality, then we must talk about what the original Christians said and did in, in, in that time period between two goalposts of the first and the second centuries. Isn't that right? Well, I think that's vital, John, because listen, think about this. If we talk about what Christians said and did after after Mm -hmm. the middle of the second century, we're not talking about the original Christians. Remember, we talked in one episode about uh, the families, um, uh, the three generations of your typical immediate family, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're talking about here. Sadly, though, sadly, though, many Christians today don't don't study the original evidence. They study other sources. Yeah, that's right. Many, many today only talk about their institutional leaders, uh, what they are saying and doing uh, right now. Well, that's right. But in my view, there's simply not enough historical focus in Christianity today. Ask yourselves out mm-hmm. there in podcast land, when was the last time you heard another Christian mention something that Christians said and did in the second century? Probably never, right? I'm sure that's true. It's <laughs> critical. It's critical that we stay within those two goalposts of history. And staying within the first and second centuries puts boundaries around us and and quite quite honestly we shouldn't step out of bounds that's right and you know let's stick this in sideways john i don't know of another podcast doing that but we want to be unique we set out to be unique and so as part of staying now within those goalposts we come to an extremely important technique And it's a technique that I taught for many years in management classes. And the purpose of this technique is to help us understand the basics of spiritual growth. And and I can't stress enough uh, how extremely important this is. This might be the most important 
technique we'll discuss. And so as our teachers used to tell us when we were in uh, school, it's time to put on our listening ears. It's time to tell our friends now about defining key fuzzy words. Yes, and I've had people laugh Mm. for many, many years about that term, John, fuzzy words. I remember I used to teach in Mexico, and they called them fusi palabras. So, but fuzzy words. And before we explain now what a fuzzy word is, let's make the broader point. The one thing I've learned down through the years as a Christian is that there are three ground rules that are going to help us understand spiritual growth better. And think about this in the same way that baseball and football need ground rules. I believe that spiritual growth needs ground rules, too. For sure. And in fact, even more than baseball and football do. (laughs) True. That's true. So here's the first of our three ground rules. We've already mentioned it, but ground rule number one is defining the key fuzzy words in Christianity. I think that this rule is more than a necessity. In fact, it's an absolute requirement. Absolutely, too, yeah. The truth is we can't understand spiritual growth without it. And if you read that backwards, that's one reason a lot of us are not growing spiritually. So here we go. We've all heard people say things like, oh, you're just talking in warm fuzzes. And we all do that. But what does the word, quote, fuzzes actually mean? Yeah, our friends know that it means not clear and uh, confused. But, but let's, let's talk about it in the context of spiritual growth. All right. Well, here's how it applies to uh, spiritual growth. As humans, we often talk to one another in a way that gives other people a feeling mm-hmm. that we want them to know something or we want them to do something, but we never tell them specifically what it is that we want them to know or to do. Yeah, that's right. For example, I'm thinking a Sunday school teacher might say to their class, hey, pay special attention to Lesson 6 this week. And that gives the class a feeling, but it doesn't tell them specifically what it is that they're supposed to know or do. Exactly. And see, normally, uh, uh, speaking authorities and and speech teachers uh, call that small talk or talking in generalities. But whatever we call it, speaking and writing in fuzzy words does not give people the specific facts that they need to learn or the specific behavior that they need to follow. And I just want to remind our listeners, our friends, that fuzzy words um, in and of themselves aren't a bad thing socially. Uh, we all use them every day, and, but, and, but that's just part of being human. That's exactly right. Socially, they're fine. <laughs> In fact, they save time and effort. They can even be fun if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Poetry, one of my daughters is a poet. Poetry is built on fuzzy words. So fuzzy words can be good except for one thing. Mm -hmm. Fuzzy words are dangerous when we're teaching something important. And that means they're dangerous when we're teaching how to grow spiritually. And we need to be able to see this clearly. We're, we're only saying that fuzzy words are dangerous 
when we're trying to grow spiritually. In everyday social life, fuzzy words are okay. That's right. So now let's define a fuzzy word for our friends. And here is the definition. A fuzzy word uh, is a word, any word, that has more than one meaning. Of course, most words do. And therefore can indicate more than one behavior. But the person who's speaking or writing doesn't tell us which meaning or which behavior that he or she is referring to. Well, that's 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 a heavy hill one because it means that many of the words and phrases that we use to teach spiritual growth are actually fuzzy words. So let's let's give a few examples of that. Yeah, that'll be that's a great idea. Let, let's imagine that we're sitting uh, in a coffee shop or something with another Christian, and we ask this friend, "Listen, uh, how can I grow spiritually?" Here's a typical answer that he or she might give us. He or she might say, "Well, you just need to spend more time in your prayer closet." Mm, that's a good one and a common one. Or they could say, "You just need to pray through." <laughs> I hear that one a lot. Or this uh, dear sweet friend might say, well, just stand on the word and you'll be fine. Here's another one. You need to pray until you touch the hem of his garment. Glory. That's a biggie. <laughs> well, let's stop here because most of us have heard this kind of advice all of our lives. But notice something important. This kind of advice is full of fuzzy words. How do we know that? Well, the words pray through or stand on the word. What do they actually mean? But even more specifically, what behavior do they indicate for us? If you tell me to spend more time in my prayer closet or to stand on the word, what does that mean? I once saw a man put his Bible on the floor and stand on it and say he was standing on the word. But I don't know that anybody in the room became more spiritual Right. Yeah, these are certainly they're great examples of fuzzy Christian teaching. And the thing, it's so common that it's almost become the norm. So yeah. so so now let's let's tell our friends, our listeners, what what is something we can do about it? Mm. Let let's talk about the technique that is used to define fuzzy words. Great, great, John. And the technique is so simple that it's almost laughable. But here's the here's the crisis. Today's Christian teaching is full of fuzzy words. And I don't mean that in any ugly way, but you watch a TV program or radio program these days mm-hmm. of a Christian speaking in public, and uh, their their words are almost all fuzzy. So mm-hmm. what do we do? What is the technique? Simply, we ask a simple little question. Mm-hmm. I taught this to management groups for years and years. And here's that little question. What does blank mean? In mm-hmm. other words, you insert the fuzzy word uh, in that hole there. So what does blank mean? And to uh, check that, how that works, let's use the one that you mentioned a minute ago, John. Okay. You need to pray until you touch the hem of his garment. How would we use that sitting with our friend in the coffee shop? 
We just simply say, oh, great. And what does touch the hem of his garment mean? What does touch the hem of his garment mean? That's not offensive. Mm -mm. That doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. And that person says, oh, well, you know, remember back in Matthew 8, in verses 43 through 48, where the sick woman had so much faith that she stuck her hand through the crowd and she touched the hem of Jesus's garment and she was healed. Mm -hmm. And so then what would that phrase mean? It would mean pray until you have enough faith to start growing spiritually. Mm, That's a big difference between those two sentences, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that's why so much Christian teaching we've concluded is ineffective today. Oops. It's full of fuzzy words. And Christians don't understand, unfortunately, what they're being told or what they're supposed to do. Tragically, tragically. So ground rule number one, then, is define our key fuzzy words uh, as we're going here through these episodes. Okay, now, so now let's tell our friends uh, out here and listening some of the Christian fuzzy words we're going to define for them in the coming episodes. I think this is really important, John. Yes. In the field of spiritual growth, there are five very, very important key words uh, that most people never stop to define. They just assume that everybody knows what they mean. Mm -hmm. What are some of these words? Let me list them. Christian, baptism, spiritual, worship. Small group. Now imagine if we used our magic question, mm-hmm. what do you mean by Christian? Well, what the, do you mean are, by yeah. baptism? They are they are they are biggies, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, every Christian you 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 would think we should be able to define those words right off the top of our head. But I wonder, I wonder how many can actually do it. Mm. If I had to guess it would probably be the answer, not many. I know that for years I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Now listen to all of these words, Christian, spiritual, worship, give you a feeling that you think you know what they mean, and you think you know what behaviors are indicated, but factually and truthfully, what do they really mean, and what are the real behaviors that worship and spiritual and Christian would indicate? Yeah, and those are profound questions, and that's why we're talking in this episode about the basics of spirituality. After all, how can we be spiritual if we don't even understand the basic words of spirituality? Ouch, that hurts. Well, and I think, too, John, uh, that that's why so many Christians are unspiritual these days. Uh, their Christian teachers, if they have any, assume that they know the meanings mm-hmm. of these words and assume they know what behavior is indicated if somebody says worship or spiritual. Yeah, but we know that's not true. They don't. And the worst part of it is that their teachers often don't know <laughs> what the words mean either. Very true. I know for years I stood in the public and had no idea what I was telling them. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so if we're going to define these words now, these key Christian words, the next weird question is, where would we get the dictionary? What type of dictionary would we use to look up their definitions? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I know one thing, Owen. We're, we aren't. We are not going to use Webster's. <laughs> we aren't going to use Google or any other modern source of definitions. That's right. I mean, we keep I keep beating my little tin drum that we've got to go back to the first and second centuries. Today, John, this is a weird thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're looking for a dictionary for Christian words, the, the big problem is there are too many of them. Mm-hmm. Think about that a second. So let, let's list some of the dictionaries that Christians use today. Yeah, you're going to like this uh, <laughs> because this is an important principle. So let's say that we're going to to ask ourselves, uh, where does the average Christian today uh, get his or her understanding of the most common Christian words? And the first place is many of them take their definitions, their understanding of spiritual growth from the books, radio programs, TV shows produced by the pastors of what we call the mega churches today. And they do that because they think, well, mercy, this person's a pastor of a church that averages 2,000 people per service, mm-hmm. so they must be right. Yeah, that's true. We see and hear programs produced by the, quote, mega churches, end quote, every day, and we accept their definitions. Uh, in fact, we don't really have anything to compare it to, so we accept it, their Christian words, their definitions, because they are from the megachurches. You got it. But let's say we get smart and we say, look, it, I'm, I'm just going to go deeper than what my local pastor is telling me. And so other Christians take their definitions from the group called the Great Evangelists of the 1700s and 1800s. These were the people like Dwight L. Moody and John Wesley. And they do that because they say, well, okay, these people were so popular in their day, they had thousands of people lined up in a pasture to listen to them, so they must have been right. Yeah, that's true again. Uh, For example, I I know uh, these great evangelists are required reading in many Sunday schools and even seminary classes. Absolutely they are. But let's say a person says, nah, I want to go a lot deeper. So there are other Christians who take their definitions from the great reformers of the Middle Ages. These were the people like John Calvin and Martin Luther. And they do that because they say, well, these reformers were so brave in their day, they were facing being tortured for what they were teaching. Mm. They must have been right. Yeah, right again. The great reformers also required reading. I feel like I'm a broken record, Owen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. So, well, but then again, we go through, um, uh, let's say a person looked, I want to go absolutely as deep Mm -hmm. as I can go. So some of Christians then are taking their definition from the so-called church fathers of the 5th and 6th centuries. And these are writers like St. Jerome and St. Augustine and St. Gregory. And they do that because they say, well, look, those people were so philosophical in their day, so learned in their day, 
they must have been right. Yeah, I've known I've known Christians who took definitions from all these sources. But I also see a pattern here. It's this. <laughs> Very few Christians today are taking their definitions, their understanding of key Christian words from the original Christians. Exactly. Go back to the inventor. Go back to the founder every time. And that's exactly the problem that we want our friends in podcast land to see in this episode. Uh, Not enough of us today are taking our definitions of the key Christian words, the key Christian fuzzy words, from the writings and symbols and paintings of the original Christians in the first and second centuries. Well, who were? Who were these people? These were the Christian writers. These names may sound familiar to you. Peter, Paul, James, John, Luke. Mm -hmm in the first century, and then lesser-known Clement, Ignatius, and the others in the second century. Yeah, that, that's so, so very interesting. And actually, is the underpinning of everything mm-hmm. that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. So let's tell our friends once again why, why this is such a bad thing. Well, remember we said back in episodes one and two where we were talking about the time capsule and the the first and second centuries, that that was the period of time when the most accurate evidence existed on what Christianity was and was meant to be. In other words, the fundamentals Mm -hmm. of it, the foundations of it. And after that, The further we go away from there through into the 4th century and beyond, that accurate evidence just simply fades away. Mm. So that means that Christians who take their definition from writers who wrote or who were writing after the 4th century, we can um, conclude do not have the most accurate definitions for their words. Am I understanding that correct? Yeah, I mean, and that's tragic because they mean, well, it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were taught that too. Right. But think about it. Any writer who wrote or is now writing after the fourth century oh. uh, is either a member of now or a former member of institutional Christianity. And so, no matter how hard they try, they're heavily influenced by the structure and traditions of institutional Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's the lens there. They're always looking. Mm-hmm. So, Christian writers today, what you're saying is they can't help speaking yeah. and writing from the viewpoint of their denominations mm-hmm. or traditions, yep. and they define their fuzzy words the way their denominations define them because their reputations and income depend on it. And we might add they literally, and we don't mean this condescendingly, don't know any better. Yeah, that's true. As you say so often, John, you don't know what you don't Don't know. know. I think that's a, a very insightful comment. But look at what it means is there were definitions for Christian spiritual worship are 1,700 years removed from the definitions of those words by the original Christians. Here's something we need to remember, John. 
the denominations as we know them today were founded in the Middle Ages. They were not founded by the original Christians. Now, I know there are some denominations, I'm thinking of one specifically, Mm -hmm. that claim that they were founded by the early Christians in the first century, but they weren't. We know they were founded by Constantine in the fourth century. Yeah, and I and I know uh, as you're listening to this that this, uh, especially for the first time, may sound just a little heady, <laughs> but uh, I, we can't emphasize enough that the the point of all of this is simple. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's simply this: if Christians don't, if we don't understand the basic words for spiritual growth. How are we ever going to learn about, not only learn, but live Mm -hmm. spiritual growth? Experience it. That's right. Exactly. And, you know, John, I, too, join you. I hope this doesn't sound too harsh, but back in Episode 1, we said it was important to learn from people who had known Jesus or people who had known people who had known Jesus. Mm. And that's exactly what we're talking about by taking our definitions from the middle of the first and second centuries. Yeah, no. Oh, and I don't think this principle, excuse me, I think this principle is so important (laughs) that we can't, uh, we can't be too harsh with it. Yeah. Well, so let's summarize what we've said then. Ground rule number one is define these key fuzzy words. Ground rule number two is to define them using only first and second century definitions. Yeah, and I think our first two ground rules define fuzzy words and use first and second century definitions make perfect sense. And and, and I don't see why why anyone would not we would not want to use them as our uh, resource. Yeah, because what would be holding us back? Yes. What, what would we be afraid of? Well, so now here's number three. Here's our last and and could be mm-hmm. most important ground rule, and it's this. These word meanings that we're talking about are models for behavior. Mm. Wow, that's. I think that's going to be a biggie, Owen. Very few Christians use early Christian word meanings as models for daily behavior. Yeah, think about it. I mean, that's sad but true. To be, again, deathbed honest, most Christians just behave the way each day that the non-Christians around them are behaving. And, you know, we'll talk about peer group pressure, a great big subject in another episode, but Um, That is exactly the reason why the national polls show no spiritual difference between Christians and non-Christians. So a big part of defining fuzzy words is knowing what behavior, what daily behavior they're indicating for us Christians. Like we've said, Christianity is a supernatural experience. It's a religion of supernatural behavior. It's not a religion of intellectual ideas for us to sit around and debate. Yeah, and as we've said so often, that's why Christianity spread worldwide in only 70 years. Mm. Non-Christians saw the supernatural behavior that the Christians had, and they wanted it too. 
I'm, I'm sure they did. That's why we're doing this. Mm. <laughs> and so they became Christians to get it. Yeah, John, and let's read that backwards. Think about this. If Christians had not had supernatural behavior in the first century, Christianity would not have spread worldwide, and there wouldn't be any Christians today. (laughs) A lot of us have never thought of it that way. I think that's a vital principle. So let's go even deeper with that. One of the reasons why Christianity is in crisis today is because it no longer teaches that Christianity is supernatural behavior. When have you ever heard Mm -hmm. somebody tell you that? Today, it's largely a debate club. We sit around with tea and cookies, and we debate, and we tell one another uh, what we think we can do and will do and don't believe Mm -hmm. and do believe. Yeah, we sit around and ask one another opinion questions. Yeah, I understand completely. Things like, do you think these are the end times, and (laughs) do you think people in heaven can see what we're doing? Yeah, I heard that this week. Mm Well, yet, but listen, John, as my wife's mother used to say, in the light of eternity, right. what do these questions matter? Mm. The fact is they don't help us have supernatural behavior each day. You mm. know what? They probably detract from it. Yeah, I, I think so. So I, here's the point um, that one of the emphasis of our podcast is Christianity isn't an opinion, Mm -hmm. right? It's a supernatural experience. Mm -hmm. And that means the more opinion questions we ask each other, the more like a debate club we become. (laughs) That's a good lesson, John. You know, uh, again, I say back in episodes one and two, we were talking about behavior in those episodes. And you know what? We said that the early Christians were originally called followers of the way. Mm -hmm. They were not called followers of the opinion. Right. (laughs) So, John, here's the principle. The definitions that the early Christians wrote about in their definitions were definitions of spiritual behavior. They were tools for teaching spiritual behavior. We don't often see that. And that's why those same definitions are so necessary today. Yeah, and that's why our episodes are, that's what they're all about. And and, and we're excited because we're we're going to, to talk about what those original early Christians, how how they defined this. That's right. It's absolutely. Well, John, here we go again. I see from the big clock on the wall that it's almost time to close, but let's summarize. So we've talked about the spiritual basics, mm-hmm. and we've said that uh, that's uh, there's a, a lack of understanding of these spiritual basics today, and that's causing, that's the reason why so many Christians are confused about spiritual growth. Yes, and now we know why people are confused. Uh, it's because no one is giving them the original mm-hmm. definitions for Christianity's key, what we call fuzzy words. Fuzzy words. Yeah, so we're doing that in these episodes. That's right. And, you know, here's this important fact again. Uh, When defined correctly, these Christian words like worship, 
like spiritual, like Christian, Mm -hmm. are behavior words. They're not opinion words. And that's why, John, we say so often, you said it at the top of the show, Mm -hmm. if we do, that's behavior. If we do what they did, we'll have what they had. Yeah, I know, and I just recently uh, a conversation with someone made the statement that's uh, just it's so true that actions always trump our words. They will always carry the day our actions over what we say. So we can't we cannot overemphasize the importance of that. Christianity is a matter of behavior, of actions, not opinions, words. Spiritual growth is a behavior. Uh, it's right. a lifestyle. That's right. It's not opinions. That's so, so well said, John. Well, so look, as we come to the close of the episode, let's review the our three ground rules because, listen, we're going to use them from now on. Ground rule one, mm-hmm. define our key fuzzy words. Ground rule two. Define them with first and second century definitions and ground rule three, use those meanings as models for behavior, not not as uh, goals or items of debate. So we're going to stick to these now in our future episodes uh, and not say probably much more about it. We're just going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, John. I think as we close, this has been one of our most important episodes. Yeah, it clearly has been. And our friends should remember that this is episode eight and that pictures, a script, and a recording of it are are, all of these are on our podcast website along with all the other episodes in the series. That's right, and remember, as we said earlier, uh, our new uh, uh, podcast address is www.goscpod.com, and uh, that's G-O-S-C-P-O-D, goscpod.com. Of course, the old address that we've given you in earlier episodes, cfopods.com, is still good. And also, listen, remember that these episodes are a series, and we're giving a new episode every other Tuesday. But the episodes are connected sequentially. So they build on one another, and we hope and pray that you'll go back if you haven't and listen to the original, uh, some of the earlier episodes that build up to this one. Mm -hmm. But anyway, for now, this is Owen Allen. And this is John Shields, together with our producer, Shannon Wolf, saying, May the God of our fathers bless you and keep you and guide you and protect you until we meet again.